prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is The Legend of Retro. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Legend of Retro podcast. This is Xander and Craig WK, and we have a very special treat for you today. The sweetest treat. It's finally back. Legend of Retro's Rhythm of Retro. Yeah. We're doing it. It's been voted on. You guys have wanted it. I've wanted it. Craig, I think, has wanted it. Yeah, I pretty much wanted it. Chops has wanted it, maybe. Maybe. Who uh, knows? Who cares? Whatever happened uh, to that guy? I don't know, right? Uh, <laughs> we miss you, Chops. <laughs> so, so much. We keep picking on you, but... Seriously, <laughs> we'll have you back for a Mega Man episode soon. We promise. Um, so yeah, we um, are doing another episode of the Legend of Retro's Rhythm of Retro. We have about fifteen songs lined up for you today, roughly around there. Uh, we're gonna do it a little bit different than last time, where I was just like, "This is this song. Listen to it. Cool. This is this <laughs> song. Listen to it." Uh, we actually are gonna talk about the composers a little bit um, and give you a little more of an introduction and what these songs mean uh, to us. Uh, last time, if you recall, it was me in my living room with a rock band microphone, uh, just playing the songs as I wanted to do it. It turned out okay for a rock yeah, band right? microphone. Um, so this one should sound much better. Um, and instead of the theme of songs that get stuck in your head this time, um, you know, Craig's still fairly new. Uh, not to me, of course, but to all of you guys. Um, so we decided let's let's have this be the most awkward episode between two grown men as possible. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We, it doesn't get any more awkward. We labeled this playlist Craig Hart Xander. Yeah. <laughs> and it could go either way. Um, but we decided to kind of give you an introduction to like our history as gamers and what uh, really kind of brought us together, um, which is has always been video games and video game music. Like, yeah. Amongst all my friends who I know who play video games, you're probably the only other person I know that has an appreciation for the music as much as I do. It means a lot to hear that because I do. I really, really enjoy video game music, and I think a lot of our listeners do too, so I think they'll enjoy this. Yeah. So this uh, this hand-picked playlist um, hopefully will shed some light into our relationship um, and just our history, um, and we'll kind of dive into some of that stuff. Um, and the first the first track that we have for you, it's it's a little bit of a cheat. It's not really a video game song, but it is video game inspired. Yes. Uh, let me take you back <laughs> to 1997, uh, I think. Yeah, I think it would be, wouldn't it? Somewhere around yeah, there. Yeah, 97, I think. Um, it's uh, one of the first days in uh, middle school for us. We're in seventh grade, mm-hmm. and the internet's just becoming a thing, and I don't really have it at home yet, um, but... A couple friends of mine do, and we've downloaded some video game music, and it's like, oh, this is the best thing ever. We finally can download these songs oh, yeah. and listen to them without playing the games. That this is the the internet. This is all we've ever wanted in our lives. Um, and I heard through the grapevine that uh, Craig had acquired the. Well, you know, I'm not even gonna say what it was. I'm just gonna play it. Yeah. Um, I heard that you had acquired this track, and me being the giant I have always been. And you being the average uh, height person that you've always been, mm-hmm. uh, are, I, I approach you in the yeah. lunchroom, and I'm like, hey, man, I heard you have this song. And I was like, no, I deleted it. Sorry, man. And I was heartbroken. <laughs> I wanted this song so bad, and my one lead didn't have it, because I didn't have the internet at the time, and even if I did, I probably didn't even know where to look for it. Confession time. I had the song. Yes, you did. <laughs> 
I, I saw Xander walk up and me being the antisocial jerk that I was, especially in middle school. I was a really big jerk in middle school. And so this random kid walks up with a big smile on his face, probably one of the nicest guys you could meet. <laughs> and he's like, hey, you have this song, right? And I was like, no, no, I deleted it. And he was like, oh, my God. Oh, that's so sad. I really wanted it. And I was like, yeah, it's a great song. Yep. <laughs> It's amazing that we still became friends. I mean, you know, Earth Found will bring people together, it's but true. you know, that was a, that was later. So, what is this mystery track you're wondering? What could possibly have possibly <laughs> driven a spike between these two now BFFs forever? Uh, and uh, here it is. Hey, paisanos! It's the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. With the Mario Brothers and plumbing's a game. We're not like the who get all the fame If you think it's in trouble You can call us on the double We're faster than the others You'll be hooked on the brothers Yo, you're in for a treat So hang on to your seat Get ready for adventure And remarkable feats You'll meet the Koopas and Troopas The princess and the others Hanging with the plumbers You'll be hooked on the brothers To the How could you? How I, could you deny this? I needed to keep it for myself. I couldn't share this with anybody. It was just a wave file, Craig. <laughs> yeah, but it filled up like a whole floppy disk. God, do you remember keep, keeping floppy disks? We're like, here's this one song. I hope you really like it. <laughs> I found this MIDI. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's really, it's really kind of crazy that that. Yeah, the, the I mean, back then, you know, it was me thinking like, oh, I don't want to lose a whole floppy disk. This dude, I don't know. <laughs> and I was probably prepared to bring a floppy disk to you. <laughs> Honestly, you probably were. I, like I said, I was a giant jerk, and I think I projected that on a lot of people. So, like, when you walked up, I was just like, oh, what's this jerk want? And you're like, hey, <laughs> you have this song that we both appreciate, right? And I was like, no, shut up, loser. Leave me alone. <laughs> so that was uh, the Super Mario Brothers show Plumber Rap by uh, Captain Lou Albano and Danny Wells. Yep, they've both since passed away yep. uh, in the, the, the 2000s there. Uh, but uh, uh, Danny Wells did some voice acting, and he was like an actor in a whole lot of sitcoms in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And then Lou Albano was a wrestler. Albano. Oh, Albano, sorry. Yep. Lou Albano. Captain. Captain Lou Albano was a wrestler. Yes. Uh, yeah, so this, I, I, it's a cheat because it's not technically a video game song, though it is attuned to a video game song. But uh, yeah, the, the, we can't start our our uh, our story without this because it's literally the first time either one of us talked to one another. Yep, and it was about a cartoon theme song from the eighties. Yep. Um, so there's not really much else to say about this song other than you know it's just catchy. It's good times. You know, it's uh, it, I, I Koji Kondo I guess gets writing credit too. Yeah, he gets a little bit of credit on that. You know, uh, it, yeah, it's it's interesting, and I and we won't go you know too in depth i feel like it kind of deserves its own episode at a yeah. way later date but video game cartoons kind of became fairly popular in like the late 80s early 90s yeah and uh, i remember really really going out of my way to watch this cartoon and the legend of zelda cartoon and in hindsight they weren't very good <laughs> <laughs> they did not hold up very well they're not great we've got memories and that's all we need yes nostalgia really carries the the the, the show but the song itself is just catchy it hold it holds up only because it's catchy yeah 
Uh, so our next track that we're going to highlight here is uh, we've we've kind of made mention to it before. Um, back around the time we started hanging out, we we uh, I used to ride my bike around a lot because it's it a pretty fair distance between my my parents' house and and where you're uh, where you grew up. Yeah, yeah, it's quite a few miles. Um, and I just eventually got lazy before I got my driver's license, <laughs> and it would just get rides over. So anytime we wanted to to go to the mall or go to FY or not FYE, um, well FYE media play mall, media play. We had to walk a good, it was about a mile. Oh, yeah. A media play from my place, which I was fairly close, was still about a mile because uh, my uh, I grew up like Plymouth and Inkster. Yeah. And media play was a little beyond Plymouth and Middlebout. Yep. So, you know. So, yeah, just about just about a mile. And we would have just our dumb conversations to kick in or sometimes we'd have songs stuck in our head. But that, that was back at the time where we had portable disc man players <laughs> yep. uh, and couldn't really share the music because we didn't really have speakers. So instead, we kind of just acapella versioned some songs. Yeah, we really did. And some of them I feel like we got pretty decent at. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, should we start the acapella version of this song and then jump into it? Or, or do you uh, feel like we shouldn't r- really subject them to that? Yeah, maybe maybe we'll give them a, a little taste before we go into it. Uh, this is uh, the Magitech Research Facility from Final Fantasy VI, uh, composed by Nobu Uematsu. Take it away, Craig. <laughs> Listening to Magitech Factory from Final Fantasy VI by Nobuo Imatsu, a legendary composer of the Final Fantasy series. Yeah, he's. I mean, it almost goes without saying how how great he is and how much of an impact he's had on games. And Final Fantasy VI, I think he really knocked it out of the park. Oh yeah, it's one of my favorite soundtracks. I know that Final Fantasy IX is uh, what he considers to be one of his best, but VI is fantastic. Yeah, you really you really can't go wrong with VI. It's so good. And uh, I really enjoy the thematics of this song because it's really industrial yeah. and dark and you know mechanical and you know really in the Final Fantasy series he there weren't a lot of songs like that you know there weren't a lot of opportunities for you to deal with mechanical things so it felt really alien yeah uh, and it's one of the uh, very few songs and the soundtrack that was specifically to one area 
Which oh, yeah. is a shame because it's so catchy and you want to keep listening to it. <laughs> it's so good. And it's not really a spot that you can go back and visit once you finish. No, it's really not. So once you're done with the Magitek Factory, like, that's it. You don't get to hear the music ever again un- until you just listen to it it's on right. the Rhythm of Retro. Exactly. Yeah. So you're all welcome. Very welcome. Uh, Chops actually just started playing Final Fantasy VI. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's good to hear. He sent me a video of, of him watching the intro to the, the CGM uh, intro on his Vita. Oh, nice. So he's playing the uh, the, the fancier version. Yeah. So the uh, Final Fantasy Anthologies version, if yeah, you will. Yeah. yeah, it's such a good song. It's yeah. it's one of his best. It's it's a really unique song for him, too. At least at the time, it was really unique. I, I think there's more songs he's done like this since, I'm sure, since, you know, the, the Final Fantasy series got a little bit more futuristic as, you know, time went on. Yeah, Final Fantasy VII has a lot of industrial-sounding music. Oh, yeah. And 8, I think, has a, a lot of stuff like that, too. The more mechanical-sounding things. Yeah. Uh, so we'll jump to another one of our uh, favorite games that we we put a lot of time in together. Oh, yeah. Um, Castle Crashers. Oh, it's uh, so fun. Originally on the Xbox 360, has now been ported to the PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, not yet. Oh, not yet. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Not yet. But the H- they did have an HD version that was released on Xbox One not too long ago. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's the cool thing about this soundtrack is that it's um, it was kind of crowdsourced, if you will, through yeah. Newgrounds. Uh, so there were a ton of different composers that worked on this, um, on this game. So so many different tracks from so many different you know views of composing of video game music and stuff like that. This one was always one of my favorites. It's a short track, um, very bouncy. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's called Jumper, uh, and the composer on this one is Waterflame. Uh, so check out uh, Jumper from Castle Crashers. Flames uh, Jumper from the game Castle Crashers. We'll have that playing a little bit softer in the background as we talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, it was uh, the Castle Crashers is so much fun. There are so many characters to play as. It's a four-player game. We, you and I, played it a lot yep. with all our friends. I actually just recently went back and played this with uh, with the glitch and uh, Ecto. Oh, uh, nice on Xbox One a little while ago. They just 
both gotten Xbox Ones and like, what game should we play? And I started looking through my catalog. I was like, you're dumb if you don't get Castle Crashers. <laughs> uh, they didn't so get the, the HD remix, so I, I had to slum it and play the original version, uh, which was fun because I got to play my uh, my Mechanical Knight, oh. which was like level 90 something <laughs> yeah and just tearing apart the, the the game oh yeah my my green knight i i pumped pumped magic up with him because i really liked all the like the dots the yeah. damage over times the poison attacks yeah and yeah I, I feel like he wasn't very effective as a character compared to some of the others but i really enjoyed it yeah uh, the soundtrack to this game is is fantastic. Again, it's like really we said good. before, it's it's uh, it's a crowdsourced game through Newgrounds, so all the different composers just kind of submitted whatever they wanted, and some songs got in, some others not so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it really added to the character of this game, like having so many different points of view, with different you know cultures and everything all all tying in. And this level just it felt like a Mario level, and it was in a really lighthearted section. You're like going into the forest, you're riding a dinosaur, killing things. Like yeah, it was it was great because I I feel like when we first played this together, when this song kicked on, it was like kind of the moment when I was like, oh, okay, this is great. Yeah, like, this is just this is solid. Yeah, because before it was like all epic sounding, like there was, and then it was just like, oh, we've got goofy, lighthearted fun here too. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to mention when you finally finish the game, spoilers. Uh, it's my guess <laughs> sort of uh when you finally reveal the the princess that you've you've never seen her face and it starts playing the uh the sailor song i don't even remember what what the actual Tri- name of it is tricky's theme yeah, it's, or something it's called like tricky's theme on the soundtrack but it's just that you know that it's so it's so much fun these guys had a goofy game had a ton of fun making this game and they went on to make one of my other favorite uh random arcade games battle block theater oh yeah which just if you've not played battle block theater you don't necessarily have to if you don't like platformers. It's it's just a, a constant barrage of challenging platformer levels. Mm-hmm. But where it truly shines and is most memorable for me is the narration throughout the entire it's game. It's so funny. I, I've only, like, watched you play and caught the narration through your playing but it was so funny like it's just the the voice acting and uh, it's so good you can just go you can do a youtube search and watch all cutscenes from this game and you won't really feel like you've missed out on much so if you've never played like super meat boy like those very very tough uh platformer challenge type games that's all it is uh but you get rewarded with these fantastic animated intros to each of the different (laughs) levels um and if you just want to get get the humor without all the hard work you can you can do it on YouTube, so I definitely uh, recommend doing that uh, if you have any sort of sense of humor whatsoever and want to just give yourself something fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was Castle Crashers uh, again, another one of our favorite games. Really bonded our friendship. Every Thursday night after we were done playing D anD D, we would go back and we would jump on Castle Crashers, oh, yeah. even though we'd finished the game a million times. Like we should go play Castle Crashers real quick. Really need to level up that Green Knight, right? <laughs> uh, so the next track that we're taking a look at. Um, We've uh, we've actually already played on the show once before. Um, we played uh, most of the songs actually from this game back when Chops and I covered Parappa the Rapper last year. Um, so it mm. mean really no surprise that I'm going to put a Parappa the Rapper song. <laughs> no, no surprise. Um, but this one has uh, and I and I mentioned it in that episode as well. Uh, holds kind of a terrifying uh, notion for Craig. So why don't you ex- explain why we decided to throw this one in here? So y- you got to think, Xander had his license before really any of our other friends. He he had snagged his quicker than anyone else. I, I had mine not long after, but, you know, long enough, especially when it comes to that high school era, you know. Mm-hmm. 
And so we would drive around and we'd listen to video game music, of course. You know, there was other stuff we'd listen to. There was something about pulling up to an intersection and everybody else blaring whatever music they wanted and us like having (laughs) do, 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 it was really, really fun. We thought it was hilarious then. It's still kind of funny now. But that's yeah. not the song we're playing. Anyway. It's not. So we, you know, we would drive around and listen to music, of course. But Xander, when he would listen to the song, he would he would do it. He would do what the song says. Yes, I would. Like like everything. Like no matter where we were. <laughs> like I, I made Xander promise that we could only ever listen to this song on side streets because he almost killed me so many times. Uh, yep. So we'll uh, we'll take a listen to Instructor Mussolini's rap from Parappa the Rapper when he's trying to get his driver's license to impress Sunny Funny. So here we go. This is uh, this is composed by uh, Masaya Matsura and uh, forgive my pronunciation Yoshihisa Suzuki. Oh, I think you got that. Perfect. I'm practically Japanese. Just kidding. I'm not. I'm just <laughs> guess good. Don't no English. Anyway, Parappa the Rapper. Here we go. We've got an emergency, can't you see? It's okay, we're not in the car. We're not in the car. I think the cops are behind us. Stop, it's okay. This is my favorite part. And I still do this to this day. Problem with this episode again is just we're gonna listen to the songs and not want to stop. Yeah, it, they're honestly for as for as much post traumatic stress disorder <laughs> as this song gives me. I, I it is an amazing song. Like the whole soundtrack is great, but I, I really this one holds a special place in my heart because of us driving around and you almost killing us. Yeah, and this is this is for our listeners. You know, you might be like listening and thinking like, oh, this is a funny quick skit that you know Xander. No. No, Xander did this. <laughs> when they said to step on the brakes, he'd step on the brakes. We'd be in the middle of a side street because I wouldn't let him do it on the main roads. And he'd just slam on the brakes. And like there was even a time where we were going down side streets. He slammed on the brakes and there was this family like in their like yard or something. <laughs> and, and they're all staring at us. And I'm like, Xander. Sander, what are you doing? And he's like, I forgot to close the door. <laughs> so he's open and clam, slam the door. And then we keep going. And this poor family is just like, what the heck is going on? Like, who are these people? Who are these creepy nerds? Oh, oh. I love it. Oh, man. And then I would, well, you would, you weren't happy about it, but I would also do the, uh, the um, Chop Chop Master Onions rap. 
where I would punch and kick while I was driving too. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't thrilled about that either, but yeah, yeah, that was that was another one. Look, you just you gotta believe when you're riding in the car with. Me. I gotta believe. It's true. Uh, so again, just I mean, all the Parappa the Rapper songs are fantastic. This is just one that always sticks out to me. Is it's just something funny to do. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next track we chose uh, comes from I would argue both of our favorite fighting game. I would argue the greatest fighting game. Yep. Uh, Capcom vs. SNK2. We've talked about it before um, in the uh, arcade uh, f- season finale for season one of the Legend of Retro. Uh, we've we've had a storied history of uh, fighting games, and we'll we'll kind of mm-hmm. dive into that a little bit later. Of course, Smash Brothers is you know universally connects everybody. Oh yeah. Um, but one of the first games that I, I I bought for my PlayStation around the time you and I started hanging out was Street Fighter Alpha 3. We put a ton of time into that, which got us more into different Capcom fighting games. Yep. And the pinnacle still to this day is Capcom vs. SNK 2. It's so good. Yeah. It's phenomenal. I, I There's so many different ways to play. It's just... I bought the, the Japanese version for Dreamcast because I had a Dreamcast at the time. And uh, it, it's honestly one of the best games out there. Yeah, for for even the Dreamcast and just in general, it's just such a good fighting game. Yeah, it's uh the the music was composed by uh, Satoshi Ise, and so this particular song that we're gonna give a listen to is it kind of a weird song. It's for a fighting game, yeah. but it really stuck in all of our heads. And honestly, for me and Xander and our group of friends, this kind of became like just a song we would always listen to. I, yeah. I'm not sure why, but it's every just one great. of us put this on a on a mix CD at one time or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is a song that that plays while you're fighting in England. Yep. Uh, this song is "This Is True Love Making" from Capcom vs. K2, composed by Satoshi Ise. this for another two and a half minutes but honestly we could just keep listening to it good <laughs> and that's the problem but we do have to get through this episode <laughs> I, I i think one of the cool things about this song that really stands out to me is because around that time you didn't really get songs with lyrics in video yeah. games so like to have a fighting game where you know this song has lyrics and a few of the other songs in the game did of course like there's the rap in new york yeah i uh, and maybe that's about it. There might not be any more than those two. Yeah, I think it's primarily those two. Yeah, but it's it really stuck, and it's I don't know. Maybe it's the 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 love of J-pop in me. But maybe it's, it's I just love it. This song is true love making. I don't even know what else to say. Like, <laughs> it's not I much just, else I, to say. I, I, it's hard for me to hear the song without like having the "This is the Millionaire Fighting," you know, like the, the I, cheesy <laughs> voice acting over it. I I just really. For me, almost anything involving the game, I just think of Geese Howard. 
mm-hmm. because that's who I use. We would do ratio matches, and I would only play as Geese Howard. So everyone would have teams of three against my one Geese Howard. Yep. And I got actually pretty decent at it. Stain my hands, with your brat. <laughs> Rapukin. <laughs> Double Rapukin. Um. Raging Storm! Yeah, he's... <laughs> It's so good. The, just the whole game in general is great. But but yeah, it's it's it brings back a lot of great memories for us because we played this game just so much. Yeah, but even today, when anytime I see a CBS two machine, that's where I'm gonna be for, you, for at least a half an hour. You gotta play it. Yeah, tons of fun this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll move on, and this next one's gonna be kind of a double feature. We'll fade out of this one here. Uh, so up next is another one of our acapella songs uh, that we're not gonna we're not gonna make you suffer through. It's cool. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll, we'll spare you this. We'll time. spare you this time. But you're getting off light. You understand me? You better you're getting off light. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog three uh, has a kind of a troubled past. Yeah, when it comes to the music, it really does. There's no real answer as to who composed all of it because there were tons of different uh, thoughts on it michael jackson was rumored to have uh worked on it for a while uh and i think we found out that he did for a little bit and then just wasn't happy with the way the sega genesis sound chip sounded mm-hmm. and he didn't want anything to do with it which is funny because one of his own video games yeah moonwalker moonwalker was on uh, the second genesis but uh yeah but yeah uh, the rumor is is that michael jackson wasn't thrilled with how things were going and he backed out of the project yeah some people think that you know that's just a rumor some people think that's the reason why some of the songs in there have that like michael jackson flair to yeah them. there's i mean and you can dive down a rabbit hole like i did a couple weeks ago <laughs> with uh sonic music and its inspirations and everything the credits theme to sonic the hedgehog 3 has a a, a very strong resemblance to the song um was it uh, a stranger in Russia or something like that? Yeah, yeah. I think um, that's uh, what it is. Yeah, yeah. Stranger in, in Russia, I think, is the name of the song. But anyway, it's it's a very it's, the synth plays the same style. Like it's it's crazy. Some of the the uh, similarities to other songs. But this one was always one of our favorites. Again, just because it was one of the acapella songs we did when it was cold outside. Oh yeah, only when it was cold. Um, but this is Ice Cap Zone uh, Act One, and this is by. Presumably, again, because there's no real confirmation on any of this, uh, by Brad Buxer. Ice Cap Zone Act 1 from Sonic the Hedgehog 3. Now, as we said, this was composed presumably by Brad Buxer. Um, and what gives the story a little bit more credence is uh, back in the early 80s, uh, Brad Buxer was part of a band called The Jetsons, yeah. J-E-T-Z-O-N-S, um, who had recorded a bunch of songs. Some of them had never been released. Um, and then as of a couple years ago, uh, the next track that we're going to play for you um, was released by them. Mm-hmm. And... 
I think you'll notice there's a. Sl I mean, it's a it's a passing resemblance. A vague, the vaguest of resemblances. Uh, so it, it kind of leans pretty heavily that um, you know, he had a part in this in the making of this soundtrack. So uh, this is, and again, you're really gonna have to listen close for the similarity. Um, Hard times by the Jetsons. is the Jetsons hard times it's, blink and you'll miss the similar I don't mean I have a hard time hearing the similarities right? uh, yeah so this is I mean literally <laughs> the, the exact same song pretty just with, with vocals down to the like the the little the synth like doo -doo 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 in the background during the chorus like you can, it's insane you can tell that this guy worked in this band the Jetsons and then like you know it, it, their song didn't get released or maybe it didn't hit it big and he was working on Sonic the Hedgehog it was like you know what he that song, song was stuck great. in his head yeah <laughs> that song was amazing it, it's nuts man it's, it's the same <laughs> it's pretty much the same uh, and we'll talk a little more about some of the other similarities. Uh, Masato Nakamura, who who did the music for the first two Sonic games, was also in a band called Dreams Come True, and they had a couple songs that are like, oh, that's clearly this one. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll touch on that at a later time, too. Uh, but we just thought this was too weird not to share with you guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's the same. <laughs> and it's catchy too that's the, like, and, and, I'm, and i shouldn't be surprised that i like this song that was so much because i love ice cap zone but it, i mean sonic 3 had really great music it's it's kind of a weird one because sonic 1 and 2 is all done by the same guy and then yeah. sonic 3 was just sort of this jumbled mess of composers maybe potentially we don't really know and uh but but sonic i mean the sonic series started so great with its you know music and everything and and i mean this this guy gets a lot of credit because that song's great you yeah know? it is interesting going back and listening to the sonic the hedgehog 3 soundtrack and realizing how strong it starts and then kind of drops and then picks back up for a second and then just drops again <laughs> like it's and this game was like riddled with delays and eventually i mean the game was clearly cut if you play sonic the hedgehog 3 and sonic and knuckles you realize that's one whole game that yeah, just got yeah. released in two um, and some tracks are better than the others. Like yep. you have your you have your ice cap zones, you have your hydrosity zones, which is one of my favorite songs in Sonic Three, and then you got your Sandopolis zones, <laughs> which is just bad. Yeah, not they're not, uh, they're not good songs. I'm no. not even trying to pretend to. No. Uh, I mean, they're not the worst. Yeah. Uh, so do you? I I don't remember what song is next. Do you? I. Uh, yeah, I, I think I have an idea. You can't give it up! Oh. That's right. <laughs> Street Fighter Alpha 3. Uh, like I said, that's this is one of the first games that uh, I started, I purchased for the 
PlayStation um, around the time Craig and I started hanging out because I remember being so disappointed by Street Fighter Alpha 2, I think, for the Super Nintendo that didn't have Guile mm-hmm. because Guile was my boy back in the day. Oh, yeah. When I first started playing Street Fighter, that's the first character I learned how to play because I couldn't figure out quarter circle motions. And really, Street Fighter Alpha 3 is the game that got me, <clears throat> pardon me, into uh, into fighting games as much as I am now. Mm-hmm. Um and that's just from coming over like, hey, do you remember Street Fighter? We're both not very good at it, but let's learn it together. Yeah. it's. I mean, we we got really, I mean, we're both pretty good at Street Fighter, I think. And I think it's mostly due to us playing Street Fighter Alpha 3 together over For and over hours and over. On end. Um, now, Street Fighter Alpha 3 doesn't have the best soundtrack. It's it's not phenomenal. It's not as but catchy. But it's meant to be fight. I mean, it's PlayStation 1 era, so it's... You know, it's not going to be knock your socks off, but this song does. Uh, it, it's something that as I started to listen to it, I was like, oh, yeah, I definitely remember hearing this song a bunch. Yep. It's composed by a, a team of people uh, Takayuki Iwai, uh, Yuki Iwai, Isao Abe, Hideki Okugawa, and Tetsuya Shibata. And uh, Tetsuya Shibata uh, eventually, well, he worked on Darkstalkers, Devil May Cry, mm-hmm. and then he's most recently worked on Final Fantasy XV. Really? Yeah, and he did this. What about, uh, did Tatsumaki Senpukyaku work on this at all? Uh, he was in the, uh, well, his his work was in the game. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> uh, coincidentally, uh, he did a collaboration with Shoryuken and Hadoken. Oh, yeah, that was the, the hurricane kick, right? Yes. Perfect. <laughs> Sorry, just really bad jokes on our end. Uh, so here is The Road from Street Fighter Alpha 3 by all those composers you just heard from Greg. listening to The Road from Street Fighter Alpha 3. Uh, so what's interesting about the Alpha series is it does take place before all the other Street Fighter games. Yeah, yeah. And I always thought that was kind of weird. And a lot of the classic um, a lot of the classic Street Fighter themes are missing. Mm-hmm. Like obviously Ryu, this is not the theme he's known for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's still, I mean, not bad compositions on their own. Oh yeah, no, they're they're pretty good. I I do think that objectively they're not as catchy. They're not quite as good as like the the work you know that uh, was done in the original Street Fighter Two and everything. You yeah. know, Yasunori Mitsuda, right? I uh, same person who did uh, Mario RPG, if I'm not mistaken. Isn't it Shimomura? Yoko Shimomura. That's right. Oh, Shimomura. Yeah, that's sorry. right. There we go. 
Uh, yeah, so I mean, it's it's good, but uh, it but it does get your blood pumping. And this is a song Xander and I heard a lot as we yeah. played with Ryu over and over again in Street Fighter Alpha Three. Yeah, because when I when I first got this game, I started playing as Ryu. I was like, I'm going to learn how to play these other characters, mm-hmm. and then I eventually found uh, Akuma or Goki and Shin Goki, and that was like our match was was Akuma versus Ryu all the time. Oh yeah, I uh, I. I'm pretty good at Street Fighter, but I'm only pretty good with certain core characters. I can't really pick up any character and be good. So pretty much I would just, when it comes to Street Fighter, I like latch onto one character every game, and that's who I get good with, or decent with, depending on who you're yeah. asking. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the time that we spent playing this game would be significantly less like if we were to kind of look over it all the time if we took up the load times from street fighter alpha 3 <laughs> the load timing was terrible it was so bad you remember when we found out that alpha or anthology or uh, alpha anthology came out and we ran out to meyer to play to to buy it so we could play it like oh with playstation 2 the, the load times would be so much better and they weren't they were no, the exact same. they were it was so, i was so upset they took away the custom character thing it was just it was real sad it really rumor was. has it though they're working since we're at the 30th anniversary Street Fighter this year mm-hmm. that we're going to get another like collection. Oh, and if it's going to run on like PlayStation Four, Street Fighter Alpha run at three running on PlayStation Four. Hopefully, it cuts out the load times. <laughs> Terrible load times. You'd be surprised. I want, I want World Tour mode back. I want that like cheesy storyline. Like I oh, want man, it all. Yeah, that's so good. That's. Um, I was playing uh, Street Fighter Five with Sci-Fi AJ yesterday morning, mm-hmm. and he asked me the the a very difficult question because I was talking about how yeah. much I enjoyed Street Fighter Five and how objectively it's you know it's not the best because you know they cut out arcade mode, which is supposedly coming, you know, and and like street, you you're you're a person who bought Street Fighter Five when it came out, right? And sold it, yeah, and sold it. I I was pretty disappointed. Yeah, there just wasn't a, for the casual Street Fighter fan, there wasn't enough there, mm-hmm. but. For playing it like competitively or like just like, understanding the mechanics and playing a Street Fighter game, it was solid. Oh yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. I I was unsatisfied with the game, but as far as the gameplay itself and the the mechanics of the game, I mean, it, it was solid. It was great. I just none. The, there was Ryu. That was the only character yeah. in the game that I used previously. Yeah. Um. But it, when we were playing that, he's like, "So what's?" I was telling him about how like Street Fighter Five kind of flopped, and not everybody really cared for it. Mm-hmm. And he asked me what my favorite Street Fighter game was, and I was like lost for a second. He's like, two is really good. Like, two, two, two is a, a lot classic. of fun. Yeah, I don't know that it was my favorite, just because it's 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 one of those that you favorite. You can always kind of go back. And I felt like a dummy for not thinking, oh, Street Fighter Alpha 3. Yeah, Street Fighter Alpha 3, I think, is definitely the winner for me, too. I I, I, mean, I mean, we played 4 a lot. Yeah. 3 was kind of cool and kind of weird. Yeah, we touched like, 3 has a huge following. Like, everybody loves 3. Uh, it, but well, it's one of yeah, those, like, yeah. if you weren't playing it at the time, it doesn't have that same charm. Like, I remember playing it like, where's all the characters I know? <laughs> Who's this Q? Who's this? What's your power level? Um <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it just didn't. It didn't grab me quite as well. And yeah. I go back and I play it, and it's it, it's a solid game. The parry system is really cool. I just couldn't get into it quite as well. And then you know, it's it's funny because I feel like our buddy Rod yeah. loved Street Fighter Three, and I feel like like he's somehow cursed because every game he brought forth to us, I feel like he was like, "This game's great," and we're like, "Yeah, it's it's okay," and we didn't really get into it. Yeah, and I feel like that was just another Rod game in my yep. head. Sorry, Rod. We yeah, love you. Sorry, buddy. Uh, come back and play Street Fighter with us. Oh, I miss you. Uh, speaking of other fighting, and I promise this is not, I know it's pretty fighting game centric right now. <laughs> Forgive us. We didn't really uh, put an order, a great order to our song. So we're another fighting game, but this was a little more accessible because everybody universally loves Smash Brothers. Yep. Um, back in the days of uh, Smash Brothers Melee, 
you and I would throw down for hours on end. Yep. Roy versus Marth. Oh yeah, Roy Roy v Marth matches, and and it's funny because like in hindsight, Roy wasn't that great of a character, but I I really liked playing as him quite a bit. I, yeah. I mean Ness is always my main, but but I really liked Roy, and I really enjoyed the fact that we could have these like rivalry battles. Yeah, and it, we would just spend so much time. In fact, when we it would was do comical, like how often we would just run toward each other and both do that like half jump and then parry. <laughs> Yep. Or counter, We'd, rather. Yeah, we would fly past each other countering having obtained and done nothing. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll play the song for you here before we go on much further. Uh, this is uh, Fire Emblem from Smash Brother, or Super Smash Brothers Melee. song still gets my blood just like boiling to throw a sword in your face <laughs> so much <laughs> adrenaline to kill xander and this and then and we weren't familiar with fire emblem by any means no we when they popped up when we unlocked them we had no idea what they were i think sean maybe was the one sean weirdo who was always like, i knew that i knew this i know this i remember seeing roy was coming out for smash brothers me like oh, holy crap we're getting the koopa kids oh man that's gonna be great <laughs> so the the soundtrack to uh, Smash Brothers Melee was uh, arranged by Hirokazu Andu or Ando, Shogo Sakai, and Tadashi Ikegami. Shogo now, Sakai. Shogo Sakai did the soundtrack to Mother Three. Yes, he did. He uh, his and sound- he's done a lot of Kirby soundtracks. Yeah, done Kirby. He's done a lot of arrangements for the for even just future Smash Brothers game beyond Melee. Uh, you know, his Mother Three work is is pretty great. Uh, but uh, this particular song I found is uh, apparently two Fire Emblem themes. It's like a, a character recruitment theme used in some of them, and yeah. then the main theme. Yeah, it and definitely they, sounds like. Yeah. You can hear where the, the two songs switch, like here, and then. Yeah, right back at the. We would always choose Hyrule Temple, of yep. course, because of this song, of course. And that was the other thing I was going to say is the fact that this was an alternate song for that stage when we already loved the Zelda music. It just, it's nuts that we, we gravitated toward these characters we didn't know, to this music we didn't know. Yep. It was, it was just this weird, quirky thing we would do. And it was funny because we would do like tournaments and round robin tournaments amongst our group of friends to always, you know, be finding out who was the best Smash Brothers player. And, yep. you know, lo and always behold, tansic. it was always Tanzig. It was never not Tanzig. <laughs> but uh, we always needed to fight for second place. Yep. That's the story of Xander's and I lives. Yep. And uh, we, we, whenever Xander and I would fight in the tournaments, we would always, it was always two out of three. And one of the three matches was always Roy V. Marth. Yep. And I feel like we were pretty even. I, yeah. I don't feel like there was any one, like neither of us was like always getting the better of the other. I yeah. don't think. We should, we should boot up melee here soon. We, yeah. Why aren't we playing melee right I now? I don't know, man. I, mean, I don't, I, I haven't played melee in so long either. Uh, I think you I had, a, had a, a party. Yeah, I had a fight night in my house ago. right after I got right after I moved in and got married. Um, and yeah, we had a, a fight night, and that's when we played because one of the one of the kids from my youth group was like, "Oh, I love playing Smash Brothers. I wish you play with you guys." And he's like 
tournament scene, like wave dashing, all that crazy stuff. Uh-huh. And we were as good as you could get without learning how to wave dash. Yeah, honestly, I, I, I mean, the the kid was great, but I didn't feel like after we played, like I was like, oh my god, we're nowhere near that level. Yeah. I thought to myself, like, yeah, we're tournament ready. Right. <laughs> we don't need wave dashing to win. Nah, not at all. Uh, yeah. Oh man, so, yeah. I think that's the end of uh, of the fighting games. I believe you might be right. There's, there's, uh, there's. Uh, I don't think there's any other fighting games uh, nope. listed here. Uh, so instead, we're gonna kick back with a mellow track. Uh, this song is from a game that I played and no one else did. <laughs> Pretty much. I <laughs> uh, I never played this. I watched Sander play through some of it, but most of what I know from the game is just the soundtrack, mm-hmm. which is done by a band named Coil from yep. Japan. It's it's sort of a, a weird, quirky game. It's a rhythm game. Yep. Ah, Gitaru Man. Gitaru Man. Uh, and we did cover this, I believe, on, a, on an old um, Legend of Retro before I, I jumped in and started doing it with Chops. Uh, this is one of the games that I sold Jay a while ago, and uh, I remember I rented this game uh, from the family video that I later worked at. Oh, go figure. Uh, at the same time, I got this and Mario Kart Double Dash. Good combo. Right? Um, and I remember playing this because I, I, the artwork on it was always kind of interesting. I remember Rod would, would say, oh, Guitar Man, that's, that's, that looks like it's going to be real good. Oh, yeah. Again, it was around the time that Parappa the Rapper and stuff was was still really big, and it, rhythm games weren't. Uh, I mean, they kind of hit their stride around the late PS1, early PS2, and mm-hmm. kind of fell out. And there's still like niche games here and there that that pop up. Um, and I'm a sucker for every single one of them. And as an aside, Rod is an artist, yes. So he's you know big yeah. in art, which he is really why, like yeah. this had a really cool anime art style to it. Um, but I picked it up. I was like, oh, I remember hearing about this, but I never got a chance to mm-hmm. play it. And I fell in love with the soundtrack uh, enough so that I like before I even returned the game, I'd ordered the soundtrack off eBay. <laughs> Uh, got you hooked on it. I was like, oh, you just, I don't care that you never played this game. You need to listen to this song. This song in particular, really, I don't know. There's, I, I think our listeners who even never heard this song will will agree that there's just something special about this yeah. one. Uh, Jay bought this game from me and has never played it, but watched me play through the entire thing. <laughs> so again, it just shows to show that people haven't played this but me. And maybe, apparently, Player One Miggy has played this game, too. Oh, there we go. But uh, this is the legendary theme, the acoustic version, from uh, Guitar Man by the band Coil.
I was devastated the day I realized that this was two guitars and that I could never play this song by myself. <laughs> oh no. I, uh, I, I really appreciate mellow music in general. Yeah. Like, I, I've always been a fan of more, you know, toned down stuff and I, I enjoy metal. I enjoy a lot of things, but, but I, I feel like when I heard this song, I just thought, yeah, yeah, this is great. And and the rest of the soundtrack is certainly not this light, you know, no. and mellow. But uh, but this and then the 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 regular version of the legendary theme, which is probably honestly, I've never played the game, but the legendary theme might be one of my just favorite video game songs of all time. It's yeah. just that good. You yeah, know? it's so good. Yeah, this uh, this particular track uh, is, is about halfway through the game. Um, you find this girl. You know, you're like you've landed on this new planet. You find this girl, and she's like, oh hey. The, what are you doing? And you just kind of like form this small bond real quick. Mm-hmm. And you're just like sitting at, at the base of a tree. There's a campfire. Your dog's asleep and you're just playing this song like, Oh, Hey, check this out. And like, she cuddles up next to you and like kind of lays her head. And that's when the song finishes. She's like, Oh, that's nice. <clears throat> if you mess up, then she's like, Oh, I've got to go. And so it gets up and leaves. <laughs> But That's it is great. just, it's just a mellow, like a, the level is like, it is all darker, cooler colors. Mm-hmm. It's just, it just so relaxing the song, yeah. but also like so good at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, there's, I don't have anything else to say other than this is just an incredible song. Yeah, it's it's an amazing song and it's a really interesting soundtrack. It's just in general, like really, really kind of weird. Really and, varied too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's it's a toss up between this and the the rock version, if you will. Yeah, it's got a, it's got more drums, you know, a full like a full slightly rock heavier. Band yeah, it. yeah, but uh, yeah, just this song is fantastic. Mm. Uh, so we'll jump to um, to Earthbound. Actually, is up next. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, of course, composed by Hirokazu Tanaka and Keiji Suzuki. Yep, two legends. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we'll we'll chat about them on a, a later date in very very great detail, yes. I'm sure. But uh, this and it's hard. Like we, the Earthbound episode was not that long ago, and we said on there there's 206 tracks on that soundtrack, including some sound effects and whatnot. And it's so hard to pick just one song. But I mean, yeah. we when we're discussing our friendship and what we've bonded over as far as video games. There's no way we couldn't have an Earthbound track on here. This is the the I mean, this is a song which is like a suburban adventure, which mm-hmm. is essentially Xander and I's friendship, you yep. know, especially early on when we weren't just driving to each other's place and then hanging out and playing video games. Yep. A lot of it was just sort of us wandering around neighborhoods, you know, kind of just maybe not necessarily getting into mischief in the like Dennis the Menace sense, like we we're causing problems, right. but, you know, get it, just doing our own thing, wandering around, going to, to different stores or, or even just, you know, keeping eyes out for squirrels. Yeah. Who we were convinced we're taking over the world. I don't remember why. I don't either. It was some weird running gag, but yeah, yeah, every time we saw a squirrel, we'd purposely freak out and make weird jokes about it. Yep. We were young and dumb. Yes. Just real stupid. Very. But uh, this is, uh, and again, we've we, we said this on the Earthbound episode, this is going to drive a wedge in between any <laughs> Earthbound fans of the pronunciation <laughs> of this. Um, I always said Onet. Um, everybody else says Want or Want It or whatever. Onet. It's Onet as far as I'm concerned. So this is the theme to, to Onet from Earthbound by Kaichi Suzuki and Hirokazu Hip Tanaka.
You're listening to Onet from Earthbound by Hirokazu Hip Tanaka and Kaichi Suzuki. I don't even know how to approach this song. Like this. Yeah, you know, it's it's hard because it's I mean, it's sort of the 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 theme of Earth. It's not the theme of Earthbound. Right. But it is sort of the theme, if yeah. that makes sense. It's it's like the main town music when you kind of get started in the game after the opening. And uh, you do so much in this town. Like other towns, you kind of walk to a certain spot and then you kind of go to some offshoot of this. But this town is different where you do a lot of your level building, your grinding. Uh, like I don't, mm-hmm. So for me, um, before I would allow myself to go down and fight Frank Fly, which is one of the first bosses that you fight, yep. um, I wouldn't go down into the city part until I was level five. Yeah, uh, I, I eventually made that my thing as well, where because where, it honestly it kind of made sense. It was like, oh, yeah, if you're level five, then you can kind of handle it and you don't need to worry about that threat yep. of death from the tougher enemies. Yeah. And so and actually that's level five before I would go down and fight the sharks. Right, yeah, same here. And yeah. then level 10 before I would fight Frank. Yep, same here. And I mean, honestly, that's a little over-leveled. But... A little over-leveled, but... <laughs> but, you know, it's... it's I, I think, you know, uh, the music being so wonderful in this game really plays a big part in the fact that, you know, you... Uh, you know, level grinding's sort of not that big of a deal because of that. Like, because the music's great and it's really varied, a lot of the battle themes are different. It's not just one trite theme that you hear over and over again yeah you're perpetually hearing different themes depending on the different enemies you fight in the game and so i i think that you know when it comes to to you know the earthbound especially the the on it one it own at whatever theme <laughs> however you want to pronounce it uh you know i i think that you know it's it's a big part of the game it's mm-hmm. right in the opening and it honestly sort of sets the tone of the game yep and I really love how layered the, the song is. Mm-hmm. There's like four different melodies you can pick up and just kind of focus on every time you listen to the song. Yeah, it's, And that intro is it's so cool. And you only hear uh, it the one time in the game, and that's yep. the sad part. You walk outside, and it goes from night to daytime, and it has that, as the sun rises, it plays that very beginning of the song. It just it's it's very good at capturing that moment. It really, yeah, it really is. It's, it is the suburban adventure theme, you yep. know? Uh, and it wouldn't be a music uh, episode of video games without me talking about Mega Man. That's true. And again, there are so many songs we could have done, but there's one song, and it's not even necessarily my favorite song. No, not at all. But you know what? It not holds a lot close. of it holds like, a lot of fun to us. Yeah. So one thing that I've 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 mentioned before, and I even I still get to show this off every once in a while, is how well I know Mega Man music. Mm-hmm. Um, I was uh, talking with a coworker the other night as we were closing up shop. And uh, he, was, he was talking about Persona 5 and how there's a couple new games, like rhythm games coming out for it. Oh, yeah, He's yeah. He's like, I, I love Persona music. I'm, I'm really good at it. It's and I was pretty like, good. And I started, so I was playing the one-ups, which is a, a band that just jazzy covers of uh, of different video game songs. And there, a Mega Man song came up, and he's like, oh, this sounds familiar. I think I know what this is. And he guessed like a thousand times what it was. But uh-huh. I was like, no, dummy. This is Mega Man 2. This is Metal Man. <laughs> um, and I was like, what you know about Persona, I know tenfold of Mega Man. He was like, oh, yeah, I, I bet I know it more than you. And I was like, okay, absolutely. And I showed him, I put, pulled my phone out, I handed it to him. I was like, pick any song that's under these folders. I'll give you the caveat of Wiley stages or jingles are the only thing they're going to trip me up. And he played he played like two or three songs. And before like two seconds in, I was like, this is Mega Man 2, this is Airman. Or like, <laughs> he's like, holy crap, you really do know this stuff. He bit off more than he could chew messing he with you. He absolutely did. But he's young. He'll get over it. He'll learn. Um but it all came from us like playing video game covers that we found growing up mm-hmm. um, and trying to get one other person to guess what it was. Yeah. And there was one night that we specifically did Mega Man. Yeah. 
and our our buddy Tanzik couldn't for the life of him <laughs> guess and he cuz he didn't know it quite as well as we did and every time he guessed it was needleman is it needleman is it needleman needleman i think this this one's probably got to be needleman right guys <laughs> And just like the the joke from from early Family Guy of like, is it a jackal? Is it a jackal? Is it a jackal? And we made that Needleman. Like, is it Needleman? Needleman. Like, and I even changed the the file on my computer to Needleman. 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 If it is wasn't it Needleman, if it wasn't Needleman the seventh time, what makes you think it's gonna be Needleman the eighth time? Yeah. So again, not even my favorite song from this Mega Man game, but again, because this episode is about Craig and I, we had to throw this in here. This is Needleman. From Mega Man 3 and the composer. The composers, uh, two of them. We have Yasuaki Fujita and Harumi Fujita. Yep. So here we go Needleman, Mega Man 3. To Needleman from Mega Man Three. Is it? Is it Needleman? Needleman? Is it Needleman? I think it's Needleman. The best part of that story, by the way, is that when we finally played Needleman, Tanzik did not even That's guess true. Needleman. <laughs> he shot out some random guess, and Xander and I were just crying. It was great. So, uh, a couple things to note here. Uh, so, Yasuaki Fujita uh, worked on Darkwing Duck for mm-hmm. Nintendo, and uh, worked on Breath of Fire One. Really? Yeah. And uh, Harumi Fujita worked on Ghosts and Goblins, Bionic Commando, nice. and uh, the Chippendales Rescue Rangers game. Uh, so, these were both composers that did big things for Capcom. Yep. And it's interesting, I, I recently found out that almost every single Mega Man game has a different composer on each one. Yeah, yeah. Even though they all sound very fami- uh, familiar, they're all something different, which mm-hmm. is pretty amazing. Yeah, they honestly, I think they all, all, throughout all the games, did a really good job of keeping that like Mega Man thematic. Yeah, that formula. Yeah, it's it's really impressive that they were able to do that and make them sound, I mean, they're certainly not all the same, but, you know, all fairly similar. Yeah. Uh, so up next we have uh, a song that we we again it's been brought up on the podcast before mm-hmm. uh, when Chops and I did our our very second episode with Sonic the Hedgehog and you actually sent in a question and asked what's your favorite song uh-huh. and how many people hate Smarty Arty Orange <laughs> and the answer was everyone <laughs> everybody hates Smarty Arty Orange <laughs> uh, so every once in a while we would drive around to video game music like we said. And just sing whatever nonsense came into our head. And it even continues today. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when we played Mega Man 4 not that long ago and we talked about, uh, what was his name, Dr. Kosick and his uh, his hair that could shoot laser beams. <laughs> I think that's what it was, like, yeah. 
just dumb stuff that come that we can come up with. And I, as, as a kid, I always thought this like somehow fit in. Uh, there's a, a point in the song where where it goes do 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 like in the background, mm-hmm. and for some reason the the uh, what were they called uh, the drinks the squeezits squeezits yes what uh, Kool Aid blasts eventually became uh, there was a, there were flavors and they all had faces on them they're all sorts of goofy things the one that I always remember was Smarty Arty Orange the one I drink the most because yep. orange is my favorite flavor yep the orange flavor he had a bow tie the glasses he was the nerd. And for whatever reason, in my like nine year, eight or nine year old brain, I was uh-huh. like, everyone hates Smarty Arty Orange. And it stuck in and I told it to Craig and he could never not hear it. Anytime I hear the song, I think of that every time it kicks on. Uh, yeah, it, it, and it's probably going to infect everybody who's listening to it here today. So, you know, we kind of kind of apologize. There's a Christmas song I can ruin for you, too, but I won't do that now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is uh, Spring Yard Zone from Sonic the Hedgehog 1. Uh, and this, the composer on this one is Masato Nakamura. Yep. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about him in just a second. Everyone hates Smarty Arty It's really great. Uh, Masato Nakamura is the bassist for a band called Dreams Come True, a big yeah. J-pop band in Japan. Um, again, you can understand that he's a bassist by listening to any of the Sonic the Hedgehog songs from Sonic 1 or 2. Um, it's just so, so good. He Honestly, he, Masato Nakamura really gets a lot of credit for me because, the I mean, the Sega Genesis sound chip is not as good as the Sounds Super like Nintendo's. robots farting most of the time. Yeah, it pretty much does. It's it's not as good. So when a composer comes around and makes something wonderful on the Sega Genesis, I they get a lot of credit from me because th- there's some soundtracks on the Sega Genesis that aren't not as great. Good, yeah. But then you have like Sonic the Hedgehog one, two, and then even three. Yeah. Where you know, and especially in one and two's case with Masato Nakamura, I mean they're phenomenal. They're great. They the music is honestly stands up to like Super Mario Brothers music, yeah. and and if not surpasses Super Mario Brothers music. Honestly, you're probably not wrong. I, I I think that, you know, for what he had to work with, he he worked wonders. He was a miracle worker. Yep. Uh, some really interesting uh, notes. I, I think uh, Green Hill Zone is vaguely based off a of Dreams Come True song. It's Starlight Zone has that. Yeah. Uh, the one that's, again, we, we talked about Ice Cap Zone earlier and the, the insane similarities. Listen to uh, Sweet, Sweet, Sweet or Sweet Dreams. There's two different titles for the song by Dreams Come True and then play the credits to Sonic the Hedgehog 2 or not the credits, but the uh, the ending. Yes. yes. Uh, so after you defeat the death, a- death egg and you're falling, uh, falling back down and Tails comes and rescues you, it's literally the exact same song with it's, lyrics. It's heavily inspired. It's Sander. so good. Yeah, but it's, it's another one of those situations where <laughs> so he's like, good. I'm composing the music for this. This is an awesome song. I'm going to put it in here. Uh-huh. Yeah, it and, pretty much is. Dreams Come True did get uh, writing credit on that song. Oh, yeah, game, yeah. So, you know, all's right with the world. But, uh, yeah, Masato Nakamura is an incredible composer. Mm-hmm. Um, and even just going and listening to some of the, the the stuff that he did with his band, it's like, oh, no, this this is pretty rad, too. I could definitely get into this. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, just just so funky. I love his bass lines. They're so good. <laughs> he's so, he's solid. He's so good. Um, so this next track is a is one that as we were coming up with this um, this list, I I told Craig it's like you're not gonna you're not gonna really understand the reference to this, but it it always stuck out to me. Um, I remember one of the first times that I like I called you and like as like we we'd mentioned in the or the Earthbound episode back in those days before cell phones and the internet chat and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You, we would call one another. Yeah, we call We'd and play chat. video games and just ch- like I had my own <laughs> my own phone line because I would always do this. Same here. I would just be on my own uh, on the phone talking to whoever, or even just like listening to each other breathe while we played video games, <laughs> which sounds way weirder than it should. <laughs> but half the time it was like, "Hey man, what are you doing?" Like, "Huh? Oh no, man, I was just uh, I was reading something or like playing this game and just like got super into it." Um, and one of the first times I did uh, I did that when I called Craig. I remember Andy was over at the time. And I was just like, oh, hey, man, like I'm coming over later tomorrow or whatever, like just finalizing plans or whatever. Uh-huh. And while we were doing that, I was playing Harvest Moon for the Super Nintendo. And I remember running around the farm, just leaving footprints and seeing how long the tracks would go. And the song was playing. So as weird as it is, winter in Harvest Moon always reminds me of you. Is that weird? No, it's adorable. All right. So here's uh, Harvest Moon Winter by Suyoshi Tanaka. sitting here listening to this again this is winter from harvest moon what thoughts are going through your head on this song i'm imagining running around the mountain and gathering ingredients and rushing back to the bin to try to sell before as much sundown. as i get before sundown uh that's what really springs to my mind i uh, i uh, with with the the winter season because you can't of course plant your own stuff you you pretty much you know you're relying entirely on your livestock at this point yeah and honestly the first time i played the game my first winter i didn't really have much livestock i maybe had a few chickens and so uh for this uh, uh at this stage of the game in the winter for me it's just sort of running around like trying to desperately snag wild berries or whatever you know to to try to make something you know yeah uh but i uh, it's it's kind of funny. A lot of people I've now heard kind of complain about the soundtrack to Harvest Moon. They think that it's repetitive. It's it is pre- it is pretty repetitive. It, it's also it sounds very limited. Like compared to some of the other Super Nintendo tracks we've listened to mm-hmm. today, it you can it, it almost sounds like someone who's not that familiar with the soundboard was working on this. But that's uh, to me is part of the charm of the soundtrack. It's very simple. Which you it's very, a simple game. Yeah, you, know? you get very different sounds out of it, which is like some of the. It almost sounds like part of the melody's falling off to do this next part but it's 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 interesting like it's yeah. a, it's an intriguing kind of sound that they're going for uh so Suyoshi Tanaka was the uh the composer on that one i'm interested i'd be interested to find out what other um 
games he's uh, this person's worked on. I couldn't find much to be honest. Yeah. I, I, I'm sure there must be something you know sound related that Suyoshi uh, has worked on, but I I couldn't find much else. You know, I, I and maybe we'll f- bring something up at a later episode if yeah. we can track something down. This just made me want to farm. Yeah, not not well, not really farm, but video <laughs> but, yeah, farm, video game farm. Yeah, yeah. I uh, it honestly, the Harvest Moon series holds a special place in my heart because like my. Uh, like my grandpa had a garden, you know, mm-hmm. he lived out in the country, you know, and so like, like thing, like Harvest Moon makes me think of that, you know, it's, it's really, I have a lot of nice memories for the Harvest Moon series, you know, so, yeah. you know, it's, uh, I, honestly, I really like the soundtrack, but it, it might mostly be nostalgia, the fact that I really just enjoyed the yeah. game so much. Uh, so our last track for the day before we close out, we will have one last song that goes as our, as our outro. Uh, but our last track that we're going to talk in depth about is uh, Rockman and Forte, as what I always refer to it as, is Mega Man and Bass in America. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It came out on the Game Boy Advance here in like 2002, 2003, uh, but was released for the SNES in Japan or the Super Famicom, if you will, mm-hmm. um, way before that. And we just didn't get it through. We got it through emulators. Like, oh my god, there's a new Mega Man game we haven't played, <laughs> right? Um, but this this track in particular is is easily my favorite song on this album. Oh yeah, it's my favorite too. And in fact, uh, what I would do is similar to uh, Xander referencing the winner theme when, you know, we would we had first talked on the phone. Uh, a lot of the times when, you know, Xander and even other friends, but you know, a lot of the times it was Xander would call, I would have this song on repeat. And it would just be going over and over and over again on my computer mm-hmm. because at that time I would have, you know, a few years down the road, I would have gotten a cable connection. But around that time, the secondary phone line, which I was using to talk to Xander, I couldn't go online. It was a yeah. dial up, you know, so I couldn't get online. And so I had to play video games or do something else. But I would have this music going, you know, in the background. And I. Uh, Honestly, it's like Xander said, it's his favorite. It's probably about the best song on there. And I'll have more to say about the composers in a moment, but uh, it was done by Toshihiko uh, Horiyama, Naoshi Mizuta, and Akari Kaida, uh, which we'll chat about in a little bit. But uh, uh, yeah, this this song is is just, it's so good. Yep. And uh, again, this is Tengu Man stage from uh, Mega Man and Bass, or as I prefer to call it, Rock Man and Fortnite. It just rolls off the tongue better for me than Mega Man and Bass. Uh, so yeah, again, Tango Man from Rockman and Forte. this track is i used to have this set as my alarm on my on my computer Uh because i had to have like blaring loud music because i was such a heavy sleeper uh and sometimes i'd set like crazy heavy metal stuff to my parents start to complain like you're playing crazy music it's gonna wake us all up i was like let me find something a little more mellow and this is what i chose you you chose right it's 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 a really it's honestly about the best song to wake up to uh so the the composers of of rock man and forte 
Mega Man and Base. Uh, now, Naoshi Mizuta uh, worked on a lot of the Final Fantasy games, 11, 13, 14, 15, a lot of the newer Final Fantasies, which is kind of interesting. But uh, the biggest one for me is that Akari Kaida uh, worked on Breath of Fire 3. Mm-hmm. And Breath of Fire 3 has probably some of the best music in almost any video game, I would argue. Certainly one of the best, you know, songs to uh, to an RPG uh, the it's it's really uh, he with Breath of Fire three it's really kind of jazzy mm-hmm. everything's sort of like got a kind of a weird jazz flair and I feel like you you get that a lot in Tengu Man's theme where it's sort of upbeat jazzy it's uh, uh you know it really for me it ties it together and I didn't actually know that until I was doing research and I found out that the same dude worked on the both and mm-hmm. so I feel like you can actually hear a lot of not necessarily like similarities in the the you know the melody itself but a lot of the tone of it yeah. is just very similar to what both was the themes. what was the track you had in mind uh the overworld or second overworld theme so overworld 2 it's uh yes. that one in particular i feel uh you know has uh is real real you know uh similar to the tengu man in the fact that it's kind of jazzy so uh, take a listen to this one real quick this is breath of fire 3 to a distant place overworld theme 2 Oh, yeah. See? That same little click, quick drum intro. Uh-huh. And uh, you might know this better yeah, this, because yeah. of the our, our Dungeons & Dragons playlists yep. uh, when we play on uh, Thursdays. This, like, always starts up. Like, every time we... Because it's like his name is alphabetically at the top yep, of the list. Exactly. And and yep. this this song it's just it's so jazzy and it's yeah. it's super mellow and and honestly the the whole soundtrack to Breath of Fire 3 is is amazing. But uh I really feel like Tengu Man's theme is like sort of the weird linchpin that links Akari Kaida's music to from uh Rockman Forte. Yeah, that is very to uh to this. That's awesome. Thanks for bringing that up. Hey, no, you're welcome. It's I I thought our uh, fans would uh, appreciate the the tie-in as well. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, so, like I said, that's uh, that. That was the last main song that we were going to be uh, going real in depth for. Uh, hopefully, that gives you a little more insight in the dumb nerdy things that Craig and I have gone through in yep. the past. Uh, I'm looking at my watch, like it's going to tell me how long we've been <laughs> friends. Uh, almost 20 years. You don't have um, a BFF watch that counts down from the day we it's, met. <laughs> it's one of my Apple Watch settings. It's, oh, okay. It's just not the one that's currently up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, hopefully that gives you a little bit of insight into the nerdy stuff that we did. Um, if there's any tracks that you can think of that uh, you have strong ties to your friends, uh, let us know in the Facebook group. We're always uh, mm-hmm. looking for new content. We'll be doing more of these Rhythm Retro episodes, especially if you guys dig this one. We'll try to do more themes, and I promise we'll reach out to you guys and, and get some suggestions from the listeners going forward. But this one we just felt as we were sitting down thinking, like, what song should we put on? It just, like, we need to do one based on the nerds that we are. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last track that we have for you, it's going to be what we go out on, um, is uh, from, in, it's another Earthbound song, because yeah. why not? Uh, I remember looking up Earthbound songs one day, uh, back when like Kazaa was a thing, or whatever, <laughs> Winamapster, <laughs> whatever random MP3 downloading thing was, and I found a song, uh, Flying Man. I was like, oh, that's a good song, I'll listen to that, and then it was like vocals, and it blew my mind. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um and it would, there was like just this huge moment of us like, holy crap! They made a whole album of like the this music, but with like actual people singing words and everything. Oh too. yeah, it was great. And it's and it's a fantastic album. If you get a chance to to hunt it down, it's just called Mother Vocal. 
Uh, you are lucky enough to have gotten it on vinyl, which I can't anymore because it's out of print. I'm not going to pay an arm and a leg for it. Oh, it's so expensive on uh, eBay now. It's yeah. totally not worth it because of that. But but it's it's a great album, and uh, it's it's all from Mother One, Earthbound yep. Beginnings, Earthbound Zero. Yep. And this song also kind of carries over into into Mother Two, Earthbound. Mm-hmm. But uh, as I was trying to think of a last song for you know we have the intro to our friendship. What can what can wrap up all this uh all together and i told craig I like, this is going to be the most the lamest thing in the world <laughs> but this song is called being friends uh by kaiji suzuki hirokazu tanaka and kazu per- hip tanaka performed by katherine warwick yep so uh again hopefully you enjoyed the episode uh let us know on the facebook group uh, legend of retro on facebook uh, and we will see you next time when the legend continues yep. and our friendship continues. It'll continue forever, oh, guys, because we're weirdos. Yes, we are. Enjoy. Enjoy.